Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's uh, one of our new best friends. He's Marcus Spears, the big swagoo, former NFL defensive end. And uh, you can see him on NFL Live uh, Monday through Friday at 4 Eastern on ESPN. They're out here in Scottsdale. Catch uh, the big swagoo along with Laura Rutledge, Mina Kimes, Dan Orlovsky, and Ryan Clark. Let's say hello to Marcus Big Swagoo Spears. <laughs> All right. I don't know what that I don't know what that look is. I don't want the official desi- you gave me this big introduction, man. Okay. I feel like this is my first, like, late-night talk show. Oh, yeah. First, <laughs> do I need to wear these? If you want to, it might keep your ears warm. Yeah. I feel like I need to do something like they do on the late-night show. I'm, I'm good, though. All right. I'm good. Could you beat up all four of those guys? Right, Absolutely. At once? Throw them over that rail. You could? Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of them one by one. When's the last time you got into a fight? It's been a long time ago. I won, though. Yeah, you did. Yeah. They used to call me Tyson when I was young, Dan, because I was a one-hit-or-quitter artist. Oh, that's it. You know, I used to show up for Tyson fights, and yeah. you're excited, <laughs> and you have, like, 30 seconds in, you realize you wasted $200. <laughs> that was it. That was me. Why would somebody fight you? Because they, the big guy always gets tested. But when, when, when i tell you this. When MMA and UFC started, that's when I stopped fighting. Because the little dudes can fight. <laughs> you don't know who you're dealing with anymore, man. Well, I always look for the ears. Yeah, if the ears messed up, run. <laughs> run. Run. But who's the baddest dude that you ever played with or against? The baddest dude I ever played on, against. On the field. Like, the guy who might have scared you a little bit. Made you nervous. He was on my team, Larry Allen. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously. He wasn't human. That's number one, <laughs> which changes everything about your advantages. Um, he was strong. I was a rookie. He was a veteran. He wanted me to buy him a bottle of Louis XIII. I had no idea what that was. <laughs> Didn't know what it cost. I went to the I went to the liquor store. Um, can we can we talk about alcohol on here? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we can. Yeah. I already started. Yeah. Uh, went to the liquor store. I realized it was twenty five hundred dollars for a bottle. Went back to the locker room. DP had no idea what was going to happen to me because I didn't buy the bottle. $2,500. I couldn't really compute that at the time. I was still fresh out of Baton Rouge, broke and poor. I hadn't realized I was in the NFL. So I was like, bro, I, I'm not buying that bottle. He was like, you going to buy that bottle. <laughs> I was like, I'm not buying that bottle. Uh, and I told him, I said, whatever you got to do, we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to do it, man. Really? It was like a jail situation. <laughs> it's not happening. I would have borrowed the money to buy the bottle. Nah, Dan. You sometimes you got to put your foot down, even if it means you might lose a foot. <laughs> and what happened? Well, we you know we tussled. We tussled at practice, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. I lost, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. 
Did you did you ask for any advice from your teammates? No, this was all about me. You ever seen that movie, that scene in life? When Eddie Murphy said he can't have his cornbread, <laughs> it was the exact thing. It was, it, I, I knew I was going to have to fight, and it was fine. It was good with me. I grew up fighting. I wasn't, you know, I'm, every every man puts his puts his pants on the same. That's okay. my mentality. And I'm no, Dan, trust me, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Okay. Okay. But if it got to go down, it can go down. When when you played for the Cowboys, at, at what point do you realize this is different than any other team? And, oh. you know, the media coverage is just different than everybody yeah. else. Immediately, man. It, it is. <laughs> I tell people all the time, you that is the biggest acclamation to playing with Dallas. Eventually, football becomes football, right? You're practicing. You got your schedule. You're going through it. But to to always have media, literally always have a microscope everywhere you go, um, it's different. And I, I was happy when I went to Baltimore because I got a different experience of what, what, what the different things were. But, I mean, it's no coincidence that that is the most valuable franchise. It's covered the most. Uh, ratings go through the roof when people talk about them. So it just you realize, though, it's a 24-7 news cycle about the Dallas Cowboys. Even if it's not national, yeah. somebody is having a conversation about Dallas. But – Consciously, subconsciously, when you do NFL Live, yeah, how often are you trying to get the Cowboys into the show every day? I'm not. I try to get them in as least as possible. Why? Personally. Okay. Because they break my heart every day. I'm here, oh, man. okay. Um, but if Dak Prescott played someplace else, yeah, how would the media cover his performance? Now they might look at his contract, and I don't know if they treat him like they do Kirk Cousins. They wouldn't treat him as bad, or we wouldn't have that much conversation. Look, the reality is. This this is not new territory, right, for any quarterback playing with Dallas. I knew who Troy Eggman was before I knew what football was. And I wasn't really – I grew up a Jerry Rice fan. I was more of players fans than a team. Mm. So Reggie White and Jerry Rice was the guys that I watched. But I knew who Troy Eggman, Mike Irvin, and Emmitt Smith were because David Blaine went there and did some magic tricks during Hard Knock. <laughs> and they had they, they had every every microscope you could possibly have. And also they were winning, which we haven't done in a long time. Yeah. But we, let's not get into that, Dan. The, I want to stay focused on why the Cowboys are who they are. They, they were marketed. So you realize, like, this is – this is reality show football, yeah. all of that stuff intertwined with with, with playing the game. Yeah, because it feels like the Cowboys are hard knocks every single day. A hundred percent, hundred percent. You don't need a TV show; they are a TV show. Uh, well, look, and then you bring in Jerry, who wants to, to be the owner, GM, coach, and quarterback. He wants to be everything. Yes. Then let me say this, okay? Some people might get pissed off. Jerry actually wants to win; he just don't know how. But if you talk to him and you you realize how much he wants to win a Super Bowl and a championship, you, it'll get you going. Because it's not, it's not false when he talks about, I want to win it. I want to get it done. He just don't know how to go about it. Here's the problem, though. Jerry wants all the credit. Yeah. And, and with that comes all the blame as well. Yeah. If you move on from Jimmy Johnson, that tells me an awful lot about uh, he got a lot of credit there. Have we ever talked about, okay, have we ever talked about maybe the Cowboys are cursed because of Jimmy Johnson? You think Jimmy I'm cursed them? I'm not a big baseball guy, mm -hmm. all right? But I like baseball, mm -hmm. all right? I'm not just not big because I'm not following everything that happens in it. And, you know, they get to the championship series, I'll sit down and watch it. The curse of the Bambino was a real thing, I thought, right? And then the Red Sox won. Finally. Finally. You telling me we're gonna have to wait a damn hundred years? For the, was it a hundred years, Dan? But maybe you do a sacrifice, like burn Jimmy Johnson's boat or something. Well, they do it to me every day on TV. I, I'll be the sacrifice if it means a Super Bowl. By the way, we're talking to Marcus Spears, the big swagoo. You can see him Monday through Friday on NFL Live. Dan Orlovsky is uh, gonna die on that hill that Joe Montana is not a top five quarterback of all time. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't. Um, I just don't get it. But I wonder what Brady's legacy did to Joe Montana. Because for such a long period of time... It was Joe. It was Joe. Yeah. Because he won his Super Bowls and that was it. But, like, you can't drop from one to 
18 or something. I Listen, Dan thinks he know everything. Y'all know that. <laughs> Y'all have him on all the time. And I got to fight with him because he's the quarterback guru, even though he didn't play that much. <laughs> um, nah, but honestly, like that that's – me and Dan talk about football a lot. And, and like – Truthfully, I think he's one of the best and brightest football minds I've ever been around when it comes to breaking the game down, dissecting. Um, but to not have Joe Montana in the top five quarterbacks is stupid. Well, I don't know. Sometimes you have to experience it. You have to see that person. Yeah, I don't care. Dan. To understand their greatness. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about seeing him. I know he won four Super Bowls. You could use Orlovsky as a Q-tip, you know that? Orlovsky is little. He Did, looks like a Q-tip. So he told me yesterday he came in with no jacket. Yeah, he said, I didn't know. He had hand warmers uh -huh. and no jacket when yeah. he came in here. That is the exact definition of Dan <laughs> You see me today? Yeah. You're, I'm yeah, bundled up. Yeah, you're ready to I go. I took my socks in my – so, DP, this is what the NBA players do. They took their socks and they uh they they put their pants in their socks. Yeah. And in honor of the KD trade and Braun breaking the scoring record, I wanted to dress like an NBA player today. A lot of a lot of good stuff going on. A little, in the NBA. A little shout out there. Yeah, a little shout. Okay, out. greatest look, team. Look, look, Travis Scott. You know it. You know it. He's got the Travis Scott ones on. I didn't buy them, but oh, I, those things are perfection. Yeah. You didn't buy them? No. -uh. All right, so let me find the plug. I gotta give my I gotta give a shout out. So Isabel Harrison. Okay, Isabel. Isabel, WNBA star. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good friend of mine, family friend. My wife and her older sister group like played at LSU together. We family. She got me these. She's a Jordan athlete. Shout out to Izzy. Okay. Okay, Izzy, shout out to you. Yes. I didn't mean to do that, Marvin, man. you're not going to get some free stuff. I didn't mean to plug that, but it just happened. Yeah, yeah, it right. happened that way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, better team player yeah. resume. LeBron or Tom Brady? Better team player resume. Like the accomplishments over 20-plus years. Bron. I think Bron, three teams, three championships three with three different teams. I, that's tough. That's tough to do, DP. Well, going to Miami when they had Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, that ain't tough. Well, they didn't win it when he left? Yeah. But He's having him with Dwayne Wade, those are that's two other Hall of Famers there. I know, and and I don't want to get into this with you because I love you, and I like you a lot. <laughs> but we we act like we act like the teams that Jordan played with the other dudes around him was trash. Scottie Pippen damn near won league MVP when Jordan retired. I, they like they should have gone to the NBA Finals that this. year. Dennis Rodman, the Hall of Famer. Yeah. People don't respect Bill Cartwright and Horace Grant. Those were really good Tony, players. Tony Kukoc. At that time, Kukoc, B.J. Armstrong. Yeah. We saw John Paxson and Steve Kerr hit game winners. Everybody acts like Bron was the first one to play with great players. We saw a mass exodus to Houston. Charles Barkley was 900 years old. Yeah, but Mike didn't, <laughs> Mike didn't to leave to hook up with other players. Because they came there. But they tra they drafted them. Oh, it's okay, Dan. They were in Chicago. First of all, how many times you, how many times have you got on the radio and said, you know what, I'm gonna go hoop in Cleveland? Well, I'm from Ohio. No, I'm saying, how many times have you said I'm going to go hoop in Cleveland? Probably never. Okay, and yeah. you and you from Ohio? Yeah. Okay. So. But but I always think of LeBron. He's a Cleveland Cavalier. He is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. And 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 the, and the way, Lakers won't be his last team. And the legacy is this too: the way he was treated when he left Cleveland. We don't give him credit for going back. Don't get me started on LeBron. I love the guy. I know I do too. I think he's the greatest player of all time. Right. He went back but, and delivered a championship. But Tom to Brady's resume to me, yeah, is more impressive. Because Brady plays in a one-and-done playoff system. Well, it's harder. It's harder. I, I argue this with Kendrick Perkins all the time. It's harder to win the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. But if you got one bad game, you're out. Yeah. If LeBron has one bad game against the Celtics, you can come back and you got they got to beat you three more times. 100%. All right. So are we okay? But LeBron got to play defense and offense. Well, I've seen him sometimes. He didn't play any defense. That's okay. Right. What a chase down block. Tom, Tom. Dan, Dan, let's not do it. Andre Iguodala. I know. But, but sometimes Tom plays great defense by playing great offense to yep. keep his defense off the field. Sure does. Yeah, touche. How about that? Dan, we are not no. going to see how to. When Dan won in Tampa, I mean, when Tom won in Tampa, you think the defense was more responsible or the offense? In the Super Bowl. Defense, defense. right? All right. Well. But. 
How about the whole seat? How about the totality of the seat? Why? It was the number one defense in the league. Don't make, make, don't make me go Larry Allen on you. Well, I'll make it. you go to the liquor store let's and buy me something. I told, I told, I, like I told him, <laughs> you, can, you can get thrown over the rail, too. I, <laughs> do you want to talk about the Super Bowl? If you want to. We can do whatever you want. Better to defensive line. Philly. Um, complete. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't say that I'm going to give all this attention to Hassan Reddick because Josh Sweater hit your quarterback in the back of the head. Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, and Dominican Sue had a revival. Yeah. He's starting to rush the pass at a yeah. high level. Um, but they brought him in probably to shore up the run shore game. Shore up the run game. Yeah. Um, and then we saw him put a quarterback out, the second quarterback from San Francisco. I think I think when it comes to Philly, man, the difficult part for Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy going into this game is figuring out how to protect. Not not if – because if you guys can't block them one-on-one, it don't matter anyway, right? But how do you allocate – you like that word? I, I'm starting to, like, <laughs> I'm starting to like learn some financial stuff. Like how do you allocate resources? You like that? Well, it's got to like pay dividends. It's got to pay dividends. Yeah, sure. yeah you, you got to allocate resources <laughs> to, to making sure you get these guys blocked up. And I really think the only way you do it is obviously getting the ball out of pet hands quick. And Andy frustrated the hell out of me against Cincinnati because he, he kind of just flippantly r- ran the football out of shotgun. You better figure out how to use Pacheco to keep these dudes from pinning their ears back and taking advantage of your offensive line. And the Chiefs' offensive line is good. They protect it well. Uh, is Patrick Mahomes a top-ten quarterback of all time right now? Yeah. I believe he I, – I truly believe he is. Mm-hmm. I believe if Patrick Mahomes retired today, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Do you believe that Aaron Rodgers would not retire this year because he doesn't want to share the Hall of Fame spotlight with Tom Brady and J.J. Watt? I mean, everything I've seen about Aaron Rodgers tells me he don't want to share the spotlight with J.J. Watt and Tom Brady. He wants his own dark room Hall of Fame ceremony. <laughs> Have you ever gone into a dark room for four days to get clarity? No. I don't know how that works. Darkness, to me, means death. I ain't trying to die there. Wow. It's just that simple. We just got deep there. Hey, man. But what happens when you walk into the room and it's dark? Can I, I, I can't find the chair. I can't find the, like, you If know. I want to go to sleep, okay? Yeah. I go in a dark room, <laughs> and then I wake up and I go outside <laughs> because the sun is good for you. If you, but would you take anything personally when you faced a quarterback? Man, let me ask you a question. All right, here we go. <laughs> let me ask you a question. All right. Why is it always... Filthy rich people that do dumb stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't. I've. I've. I poor, grew up. Poor I, people don't skydive. I grew up in Baton Rouge. Okay. <laughs> my mom worked hard. My dad worked hard. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of allocated resources. Okay. Okay. You might have been in a dark they, room, not by your choice. But that's what I'm saying. They were going through a lot trying to raise me and my sister, get us the events and sports and try to get us to school and do our work well that's a high stress level right while being broke they never needed a retreat in a dark room (laughs) for clarity it's like when you it's all the rich people they oh i'm gonna go sit in a room for four days bro you got fit you made 50 million (laughs) dollars this year turn the lights off in your damn house and sit in there for four days I, <laughs> why do you have to pay to go someplace fly someplace to sit in a dark room i don't get it dan There's certain things about life i don't understand why rich people get free stuff more than poor people you just pointed out you got free stuff that's what i'm saying i'm benefiting from it i'm not gonna say no do don't you, give me the travis scott's do you have rich people problems no I will be, though. I will. I will. <laughs> uh, it's great to see you. And you thanks too, for joining us. All the uh, appearances during the year, we always got a great reaction, and uh, we, we appreciate that. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me, man. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Our next guest, Sal Palantonio, covering his 30th Super Bowl, 28th for the Mothership. You can catch him on NFL Matchup Show with Greg Cosell and Darius Butler on Super Bowl Sunday, 9 Eastern on ESPN2. ESPN National Correspondent covering the NFL, Sal Palantonio, joining us on the program. Looking good, looking lean, looking ready for Super Bowl Sunday. Sal Palantonio. He looks like he's ready for a, a, a TV appearance there. You look like you're ready for ready to go on TV. You know, as a, as a reporter, you always have to be ready. Whenever you would sit around the mothership and that would be breaking news, then, it, you know, depending on what the sport was, you go, hey, put on a jacket, you know, prop you up, and all of a sudden you go on TV. Sal, good to see you. Grant, great to be here, Dan. Yeah, you're looking good. I'm all right. Is it different with your hometown team in the oh, Super yeah. Bowl? Yes? <laughs> Just telling Todd, you know, I'm up to my chest in snakes and alligators, man. Why? And, and it's everything all the time. It's 24-7 coverage, you know, as it is when you're covering a Super Bowl team for ESPN. But then you add the fact that it's your hometown team. And uh, there are a lot of requests, a lot. And, you know, you don't want anything to fall through the cracks. You don't want anything, anybody reporting a story before you do either. But how taxing is that for NFL reporters? Certainly the importance of the sport for ESPN of not... It's not taxing. You know, it's, it's fun. It's definitely fun. But if somebody beats you to a story that you should have gotten... I blame it on Adam Schefter. Oh, you do? <laughs> <laughs> All else fails, yeah. you, you blame Schefter. Yeah. You could take him, couldn't you? In, in, in what way? <laughs> like a fight. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> wait. Wait. Clear this. Adam, have you seen Adam's yeah, guns? Adam, I've seen him. I've yeah. seen him without a shirt off. Yeah, Adam's got a shirt he's, he's, He was in the gym yesterday with me. He's, he's, he looks like he's doing pretty good. Yeah, but clear something up. Were you a Navy SEAL? I was not a Navy SEAL, no. I was a, I was a surface warfare officer in the United States Navy. For six years. Okay, but that sounds serious. Well, I went through boot camp, then officer candidate school. Pretty rigorous training. Then you train while you're in the Navy. So there's a what lot What did of you want to do? Excuse me? What did you want to do in the military? What did I, I, I did my service. I was in, I, I enjoyed it. It was great, but I missed my family. You know, being out at sea, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to make a choice, really, if you're in the Navy. You're either going to be out at sea or you're going to come home and... And Shefty hasn't been on a destroyer. 
No. no, no. <laughs> Telling you what, I would take you over Shefty. I mean, those, the, there was almost going to be a fight in Houston, almost, at the bar. And I remember Sal Powell was there and you had my back. We won't talk about that. <laughs> But, but you know, I, we can talk about it. Sal doesn't have to. All I know is there was a guy who wanted me to do a shot, and I didn't want to do the shot. Wasn't Dibble there? Yeah. I do, so I do remember yes. it. And all I know is. I do remember it quite well. This guy was getting in my face because he said he thought that I was too good to have a shot with him. And I'm going, no, I just I don't want to do a drink. If I do a shot, then somebody's going to say I saw him do five shots. And all of a sudden. Sal is just staring at this guy, and you got your hands out. I don't know if you you recall what you did, but you're, like, ready to go. And you did have my back. Nobody else who was with me had my back, but you did. And you were ready to maybe disarm this person. <laughs> hey, hey, Dan, sometimes... Sometimes you just got to look at a guy, <laughs> and they know they got no shot. Okay. All right. Uh, what is what is change? So this is your 30th Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah. What's the biggest change? Social media? Yeah. Yeah. Gambling? Big. You know, this is the best Eagles team of all time, in my opinion. Covered the team for 30 years, but it's also the most engaged team of all time. You know, you go around Philadelphia, yeah, 30,000 people out on the streets when they won the NFC Championship game. People are totally emotionally engaged in this team, and I think a lot of it has to do with gambling. I really do. People are gambling on the NFL like crazy. But $16 billion is going to be gambled on the, on the Super Bowl. $16 billion. Have they broken it down by cities, like where Philadelphia would rank gambling on Sundays, any Sunday? Top three. You think so? Sure. You know, when New York made online gambling legal, which was in January of, uh, of this year, well, excuse me, 2022, we saw an explosion in gambling when online gambling was legal in New York. And it's New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. That's, that's the vortex other than Las Vegas. How concerned are you of where we are now to where we're going to be gambling and you got to start thinking about things that could go wrong, nefarious things, I would think, with the sport, with gambling. I'm not too concerned about it. I'll tell you why. I think there's enough money in the sport, you know, if you're talking about players and yeah. or coaches, right? I think there's enough money in the sport where 99.9% .9 of those involved in the sport are not in jeopardy of saying, okay, I, I got to do something. They, they won't be tempted by it. It won't be tempt. There's not the temptation there. And the league has put in great safeguards, I think, and protections. And they scare the players and the coaches enough that this is, this is something you can't do. Sal Palantonio, the mothership, joining us here in uh, Scottsdale Stadium. Not a bad setup here. They gave us the ballpark. Last time I was here, I think I was having a beverage of choice with Chris Berman at a training <laughs> right, right, like literally right on this spot. There's, I think this is like a hospitality yes, suite. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. And, and yeah, we, we've we've come here a lot. Actually, yeah. it's fun. It's fun. You know, I love baseball. I love it. Where is the uh, drama this week? Oh man, I think the number one drama has to be is Jalen Hurts fully healthy to play the game? Absolutely. And what are you hearing? I, well, I think. He's healthy enough to do what they need him to do to win the game. Okay. So I was talking one-on-one -on -one with Shane Steichen yesterday. No cameras. You know, they have the coach and player availability. And he was sitting at a table by himself, the offensive coordinator of the Eagles. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> no one was around him, so I just pulled up a chair next to him. And the last question I asked him, I went through a, a bunch of stuff, and I just said to him, yes or no answer. Yes or no answer. Will you be restricted in any way in how you call the game based on Jalen Hurts' shoulder? He said, no. We're, we're trying to win this game. We're going to go out and win it. You think he's going to need surgery in the offseason? No. Okay. I don't. Because it feels like we keep focusing on Mahomes' high ankle. shoulder surgery is tough to do anyway, right? Yes. It, yeah. It's, the only way you really repair it is through rest, you know, over the long period of time. So, and he hasn't had that. He has to, had to go back onto yeah. the field. 
The uh, the high ankle sprain, though, everybody wants to talk about that because it's Mahomes. Yep. Mahomes' value to the Chiefs is different than Jalen Hurts' to the Eagles. Different. And what you're going to ask them to do. Can the Eagles get into a shootout? They don't have to, and I don't think that they will. They rushed 44 times against the Niners in the NFC Championship game. And you look at Mahomes. He's 10-3 and three in the postseason. 10-3. and three. Am I right about that, Paulie? 10-3. and three. So you look at the three losses. The common denominator in the three losses is he loses the time of possession. Yeah. Right? you got to play keep away from Patrick Mahomes. If you try to get into a shootout, you're going to lose. you got to play keep away. The way to play keep away is to run the football. Cincinnati had 18 rushes, Dan. 18 rushes. Yeah. In the AFC Championship game, you got to run the football. I know I sound like some, you know, dinosaur, but in this game, you got to run and play keep. You put if you put Mahomes back on the field, you can't get him off. He's got a great third down completion percentage. They're great as a team on third down. They're great as a team on fourth down. Don't put the ball in his hands. Play keep away because once you put him on the field, he's hard to get off the field. Yeah, I've said this before, that these games come down to can you make a stop, can you run the football. And I want, when Mahomes gets on the field, that now he has to have a little more pressure to make something happen because if he goes off the field, the Eagles run the clock. Now, you, now you've reduced the number of times he's going to get the ball. Now you put a little more pressure on The him. number one outlier in this game is the Eagles' offensive line. They are the best unit, single unit, in this game, without a doubt. And they can dominate, yeah. and they have. And I think that they will try to run the ball and play keep away with Patrick Mahomes. You know, defense wins championships, but quarterbacks win the Super Bowl. And that's what you got to do. you got to prevent Patrick Mahomes from winning the Super Bowl. Because in the fourth quarter, like you said, you got to make a stop. He's hard to stop. So if he's got the ball in his hands with a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter, you're probably going to lose. He's probably going to win. Is he a top 10 quarterback of all time right now? I don't think so. Not yet. Not enough, not enough time yet, Dan. Okay. Not enough time. I don't think top 10. You know, he's getting there, though. He's pretty darn good. Dan Orlovsky says that Joe Montana is not a top five quarterback of Joe all Montana's time. Joe Montana is the number one quarterback of all time ahead of Tom Brady. I agree with Lawrence Taylor. I take Montana over Brady. Why? So accurate. Uh, never lost a Super Bowl. Never threw an interception in a Super Bowl. Just so intuitive with the ball. <clears throat> and don't forget, you can't touch the quarterbacks now. Brady, Montana used to get hit. Oh, gosh. Brutalized yes. all the time. And he hung in there. I, I would take Montana. Brady's a close second, but I like Joe. But if you look back and, and having you know covered the NFL and been around for Elway and Montana, those guys weren't throwing 30 touchdowns in a season because you know the, the offenses weren't, they weren't geared towards that or the defenses were a whole lot better and more physical. You know, when people go, you know, Elway, I think, threw 30 touchdown passes maybe once. Maybe Montana did it once as well. But that's not what their games were predicated on. Terry Bradshaw and the Steelers weren't predicated on that. Yeah. Um, you know, we get caught up in what are the numbers. But if it came down to one game, it's like somebody said to me, hey, I know you think LeBron's the greatest basketball player of all time. Who would you take in a one game? And I go, I'd take Michael. Sure. But if I said, um, hey, you got one World Series game to win. Am I picking Kurt Schilling? Sure. John Smoltz? Sure. Jack Morris? Sure. Tom Seaver? They're not the greatest pitchers of all time that I'm taking. So one game, yes, but that's different. You know, Clayton Kershaw's got a Hall of Fame career, but am I taking him over Curt Schilling? The answer is no. So I don't know what we proved there. The, the, um, <laughs> it was a good discussion, Dan. Thank yeah, you very yeah, much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, the commissioner said the officiating's never been better. What did you make of that remark? Not perfect. Never been better. Yeah. You know, I think he's got stats to prove it, but I think, you know, it doesn't pass the eye test for most people who are but watching But there's more the game. social commentary. That's why I think there's more debate. That's And there's yeah. more rules. Yep. And that makes it tougher. Like, I give them the benefit of the doubt because we've stood on the sidelines and watched an NFL game. It's hard to officiate an NFL game. It really is hard. And so much of it is subjective. Yes. For sure. 
Offensive holding, I think, is subjective for sure. Defensive holding is not, I think. And I think roughing the passer is not subjective. It is not. It really isn't. So there were times in that AFC Championship game that I thought the Chiefs should have been called for roughing the passer on Joe Burrow several times. Yes. Yeah. And certainly one time there was. Several times. Yeah. yeah. But I, they should review. They should be able to review roughing the passer. Yes. Yep. I agree with Belichick. I think pretty much everything should be reviewable. And Dan, put it on TV. Why don't we put it on television? I mean, when he go, goes under the blue tent, start the cameras rolling live. Have Troy Vincent, John with, with audio, audio the whole schmear. Oh boy. Put it all on TV. Wow. Hey, if we can have, if we can have cameras and audio in a courtroom in the United States of America, <laughs> why can't we have... Football is more important than courtrooms. I mean, football is not more important than a courtroom. I mean, we, oh, okay. we, bro- we broadcast trials live. Why can't we broadcast a review live? And guess what? You can sponsor it. You can make money off it. It'd be great. Oh, I love it. And, I, I, and guess what else you could do on it? You know, gamble. Uh, well, you know, we're going to get to that. You're going to be gambling on each play. They do that now anyway, yeah. in stadium. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things you can gamble. Uh, I, and it's unbelievable how, how much young people are gambling all the time. But getting back to the, the refereeing, I think overall they do as good a job as they can. And I think they can do better for sure. I think... All you have to do is look at the officiating crews. If you ever read Kevin Seifert's column on ESPN.com, he does an unbelievable job of reviewing each crew. There's too much variation between the crews on what they call. That shouldn't be happening. But they also shouldn't have all-star crews for playoff games. It should be the team that you had. I would agree with that. Because I still go back to the Saints-Rams game. If you had a team together, egos wouldn't have played a role there, and and no, those guys would have huddled up and said, "Look, you missed it. We're gonna we're gonna help you out on that." And it felt like that. that it seems counterintuitive that they don't work together all year long, and then they're put together during the biggest game on the planet on one day. They I, should be working. You wouldn't take a, a team of all stars and put them in the Super Bowl. You have to, you know, work up towards it. I agree with that. Let's be co-commissioners. I think we could handle this. Sure. Yeah. I like that. We'll split the paycheck. Okay. <laughs> How much does a commissioner make? Oh, it's way up there. Is it 60? It's a lot. Yeah. Paulie, <laughs> how much does the commissioner make? Uh, closest to the hole. What do you think the commissioner is going to make this year? I'll or... say 65. Yeah, I'm going to go 72. Oh, I, I have 54 last year. Oh. But okay. Poor guy. Well, did he have a good year this year? I don't know. I'd like to be baseball commissioner, Dan, just for like a, a couple of weeks. I'd like to just sit with Rob, Bob, Rob Manford and yeah, but what, see what's what going on with baseball. What would you do for two weeks? I, I wouldn't have to have any power. I would just like, you know. Oh, oh you just want the title. Yeah, just the title. Oh. Walk around. Hey, commissioner. Stay, yeah, walk around from, you know, spring training complex to spring training. Yeah. Sit where I want to yeah, sit. Okay. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> you and Peter King. You and Peter King, I could see. Yeah, the, you know, spring training baseball is the best thing ever invented by mankind. Yes, it is. Yes, yes without it is. a doubt. Yes, it is. I've spent many, many a spring in the bleachers here. Yeah, it is the, absolutely the wonderful to come here to this stadium and watch a game. You go down to the, the Marriott Suites down there. You walk over here. You have sure. A, yeah. A beer or so, a yeah, couple of beers. absolutely. It's nice. He's Sal Palantonio covering his 30th Super Bowl. You can catch him on NFL Matchup Show with Greg Cosell, Darius Butler, on Super Bowl Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Sal Pal, great to see you, buddy. Thank you for stopping by. DP, you're the best. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? 
along with my fellow pro bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Uh, he's the best sports writer in America. He's more than that. He's Wright Thompson, ESPN senior writer, saw that he did a long, well, he always does a deep dive. And uh, he did a deep dive on uh, Joe Montana. And I thought, all right, uh, you got my attention here. Wright Thompson joining us on the program. What made you decide to do a deep dive into Joe Montana? So I always felt like I didn't know anything about him, and I didn't really understand i don't know what what made him who he was like he just seemed like one of those guys who uh the more time elapsed from his playing career the more of a mystery he seemed to me i don't know if he seems that way to other people but i just was curious what it was like to be and have been joe montana what was montana's reaction to you wanting to do a deep dive i mean (laughs) He, he he came around eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe doesn't like talking about Joe. No, 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 he does not. Uh, uh, I just sort of figured if I never went away, eventually he was just going to have to deal with the fact that <laughs> What was that uh, first uh, meeting like, that first conversation like? Well, you know, I, I think he was curious why I wanted to know things about his psyche as opposed to about – what it felt like to throw the ball to Dwight Clark. Uh, you know, you can sort of see that, like, okay, what is this? Uh, I mean, you know Joe, I'm sure, very yeah. well. I mean, he's lovely. Uh, you know, that there is this sense, at least, I don't know if you've ever gotten the sense around him, but, you know, that that he is lovely, but there are universes below the surface. And so one of the things that, you know, I did one interview with him and had hoped on some level, like, hey, maybe that'll be enough. And then just kept going back again and again and again because when you meet him, you do sense 
that, hey, this is a guy who has a really complex and serious interior life, and I would like to know about that. I mean, Ronnie Lott, one of the first things he said was like, the key to understanding Joe is that Joe was an only child. And Ronnie Lott was like, so Joe lived much of his childhood in his own head, and, uh, mm. and then Ronnie looked at me and goes, and he still does. Well, and I've been around him in social settings as well, and you would never know that he was one of the great quarterbacks of all time. There, there's nothing about him that exudes that, even, even his size. You know, I think they thought he was a kicker when he first showed up for the uh, 49ers because he's so slight. But I also wondered about this, and, and we have Tom Brady, who is now that guy. Joe used to be that guy. Now, what does Joe think about where he is in, in the, uh, the you know, pantheon of quarterbacks now that Brady has superseded him? Oh, I mean, he hates it. You know, I mean, like, I think... Uh, Does he say he hates it? He said... You know how Joe is? He's like, but yes, absolutely. I mean, he, uh, he, watches, the, he watches the games. He... He, like the rest of us, wants to know why Pete Carroll didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, he was just like, give the damn ball to Marshawn. I mean, I, I, I think – I mean, I've spent a decent amount of time around him, and I think it's he's less jealous of the rings than he is of the fact that he gets to watch someone else sort of live his life that got ripped from him. And also, you know, these guys like dominance. I mean, there's a story in there about Walmart paid Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas, and John Elway to do an event. And they went out to dinner afterwards, and, you know, they're laughing and drinking, and the check comes, and uh, Joe Montana sort of smiles and is like, whoever has the fewest rings pays. (laughs) (laughs) And so they they determine that that Joe has four and that uh, Elway has two. And Unitas has one Super Bowl ring, but three NFL championship rings, which at that table counts as four. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think Marina drops an F-bomb and has to reach for the check. (laughs) Uh, And so, you know, these guys like the dominance. I mean, you don't get to be Joe Montana or Johnny Unitas or Sammy Baugh or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes without wanting to be dominant. Uh, and, you know, I, so I don't think it's much of a surprise that he doesn't like being knocked off the mountaintop. Uh, the thing I found interesting, and, you know, you know this so well, but bitterness is such a common affliction of once great athletes that it's almost no, it's almost most noteworthy when it's absent. You know, I mean, Joe DiMaggio famously was miserable. And so, uh, and, you know, and Montana knew DiMaggio a little bit. And like I find it such an interesting hmm. continuum that like that these guys they seem like names from the past and yet their lives have something to offer, not just Joe Montana and Tom Brady, but Patrick Mahomes and all of these guys, because everywhere these modern quarterbacks who are gonna play on Sunday are going, there are people who have been. And so, you know, it, it's interesting to see, you know, Joe working to not be bitter and to live in the sort of full majesty of his life, which is really incredible. Uh, you know, his wife, Jennifer, I'm sure you've met, uh, pulls no punches when talking about her very complex man who she loves very much. But is she's like, I think he's the happiest he's ever been. And, uh, and that's really interesting. But Brady's dominance and blowing past those four Super Bowl rings, and he's the greatest of all time, and it's not even a debate. I mean, we're, we're debating, yeah. you know, Jordan and LeBron, and Jordan hadn't played in decades, and he's still holding that mythical, you know, place in our hearts. I, don't, I, I was just wondering about that, that Joe has sort of been diminished a little bit here by Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, the, he's in that shadow of Tom Brady, who wanted to be Joe Montana playing for the Niners growing up. And I mean, two things. I mean, one, uh, one of Joe's kids, I thought it was a really savvy read, was just like, look, you know, I can see the heartbreak in my dad a little bit. And that he now wants to talk about football, where he never wanted to talk about football. And, you know, that there is a sense of you can feel something running through your fingers. Yeah. You know, uh, and but the other thing that is so interesting is that 
you know, you come that title. Oh, this is Joe Montana, the greatest who ever did it. I mean, that starts to precede you into every room, like rose petals or something, you know. And and, and there's a morning when it's gone because you know, as you know, Joe paid such a physical price. I mean, they don't, they literally don't know how many surgeries he's had post-career. It's somewhere between 27 and 35. Oh my God. And, and, you know, he, he's had before had to sleep in this Velcro back brace. And I just love it. Cause it's like, oh, Joe Montana is all of us because his wife is like, you better wear that damn brace. And so he has it on at night and he's trying to unhook it one microfiber at a time so that it doesn't make any noise and wake her up. So she gives him crap and makes him put it back on. So I could just see Joe Montana there in the dark. You know, this is his new two minute drill. Let me just very carefully try to get this thing off. So like, and so you just love, you love that idea. I'll tell you, I came away thinking, boy, if when I'm 66, this is what my life looks like. I will feel like I did a great job. Uh, one of the things that happened with the pandemic is all the Montana kids came back home and everybody was working from home and they were having big family dinners three or four nights a week. You know, there are two grandkids now, one on the way. Uh, Joe takes the oldest granddaughter to her swim lessons. I guess there's some like fancy club near their house in San Francisco. I just love the image of all these San Francisco moms with the little kids and then Joe Montana <laughs> getting in the pool splashing. And, uh, uh, his granddaughter wanted uh, to ride on a cable car and Joe had only ever done that once, and I love it because he was very sheepish when I was like, when did you do that, Joe? And he was like, well, it was a commercial, and it was me and Tony Bennett, and he was singing I Left My Heart in San Francisco, and I'm like, you know that's not normal life, right? <laughs> and so uh, so they took the little girl out to the streetcar, and uh, it wasn't a streetcar stop, and so the thing wasn't going to stop, and then the conductor or whatever the noun is of someone who drives a streetcar sees who it is and slams on the brakes. And so I just love the idea that, like, the great power and joy of being Joe Montana now is that he can make a streetcar stop for his granddaughter. And, like, that must just seem like such a magic trick to her. He's right. Thompson, ESPN senior writer, did a deep dive on Joe Montana. It's almost he lost his identity a little bit, where it, it was firmly cemented. He didn't have to have a sign or arrows pointing towards him because everybody knew that's Joe Montana. But then all of a sudden... Who, who is Joe Montana to these other people now? Because Tom Brady did all of these things. Patrick Mahomes is going to blow by you. Is like it just? I, I get it. And he can't go out and be competitive and play a game and say, "See, I can still do it, and I'm better than Brady was." And I, I understand that. I, I understand where you, you're kind of lost a little bit there. Well, and I also think that this is a complex. Uh, thing that he's lost because he you know in some ways you know he's almost like a case study in a psychological journal and that here was someone who was the very best in the world at something and then had the ability to do the thing they did better than anyone taken away had to deal with the just huge hole in their lives go listen to his hall of fame speech it's unbelievable how honest and naked it is and people just missed it he talks about how he felt like the ceremony he could hear dirt hitting his casket. Like he was being buried alive. And that like, he was not into the hall of fame weekend. Like he, he felt like it was a funeral wow. and that like, that he, who am I supposed to be now? So I think the greatest of all time was an easy way to talk about a complex series of losses. And so, I mean, you know, I think if you really sort of get under the hood of it, yes, he's dealing with the loss of that very simple title, but also just with everything that means. I mean, what do you do when you used to be Joe Montana and you can't do that anymore? I mean, one of the things Jennifer says is that she worries that he thinks the best part of his life is over. Yeah. And that they've worked on that for a long time. Uh, you know, when you dive into somebody, you do a profile, uh, you know, you unearth all these great things. And I didn't know if if Joe unearthed something through all of this that helps him, you know, did, you know, have some kind of epiphany or realization through all of it? I don't, that's a good question. I haven't heard from Joe. Uh, uh, I've heard from uh, some three or four, I've heard from his kids who uh, said they learned things and found it more emotional than they thought it would be. 
I mean, I imagine when you're Joe Montana, it's not really that big a deal to have a story written about you. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I don't know if he will approach it as – I mean, he's still in his head. He's Joe Montana. Yeah, but you're you not dissecting I mean? like, a game, right? You're dissecting him. So an outsider is looking at you under a microscope, whereas we used to just look at you and we would write about the game you played. This is life that you're analyzing. It, you know, that's a very good question. I wouldn't let me write about me for sure. Uh, like, like, man, man, I, I got real problems that, like, I, that don't need to be on the page. Uh, uh, you know, I'm always very, very grateful. Uh, if I gave you, know, you Brady or LeBron, your next one. LeBron. Uh, I, I think... Uh, one of the things this story is accidentally is a profile of the next 30 years of Tom Brady's life. And I'm not entirely sure he knows what's waiting. I mean, Steve Young, who you obviously know, uh, who might be the most thoughtful retired athlete I've ever met in my whole life. I mean, just, you know, him talking about Montana and getting emotional because he had front row seats. And now that he's older, he understands he wasn't trying to, like, take Joe's job. He was trying to kill him. You know, for guys who take this as seriously as they do, mm -hmm. I think they both understood. They both understand now stakes that they couldn't possibly have understood while they were competing. And, you know, Steve talked really eloquently to me about, like, every great quarterback wants to write more in the book. And you just can't. And you can't let it destroy your whole life trying to write more in the book. And, uh, you know, talking about Joe – he said, you know, I think Joe is surprised that it turned out that what he wrote in the book wasn't enough and that it's frustrating because he no longer has the ability to go add to it and that if he could, he wouldn't abide this. And yet there is no mechanism for coming back. Yeah. And, you know, that's it. They, you know, I, they, Brady, yeah. They take away your pen. I mean, you know, they take away the football, but your body really takes you away from that opportunity to write any more chapters there. And in some ways, Joe is lucky in a way that, you know, the NFL that Brady played in is obviously so different. One of the things I did is go back and watch old games. And I don't know if you've done that recently, but I was staggered by the violence. Yes. Like I'd forgotten. Yes. You think the modern NFL is violent because it is. But it is. I mean, this was unbelievable. I mean, they were, you know, the number of times he got hit helmet to helmet late, driven headfirst into the ground with Leonard Marshall and LT both on top of him was just unbelievable. And so his body made a decision for him that Tom Brady's body did not. And so in some ways, Montana got out and started building this new life that in the last 10 years has come to fruition. And, you know, Brady had to decide himself. I mean, you know, you know Joe Montana. Joe Montana's a lunatic. He wouldn't have walked away. He's a totally insane person. He would have kept trying to win until they had to literally drag him off of the field, which is what they did. And so in some ways, that's a weird blessing. He's Wright Thompson, ESPN senior writer, and it's a, uh, well, as you've come to expect from Wright, it's uh, well done, and you learn more about the person than you do the athlete, because I think that's really the story. And what you said about Tom Brady doesn't realize it, but Tom Brady should really look at this, because he might be looking at this in 30 years from now, going, wait a minute, I'm not the greatest of all time, or what happened, or... Uh, where's my place in history? It's great to talk to you as always. I'm glad you're doing well and uh, appreciate you joining us as always. Thanks, Dan. It was really great. Thank you so much. And that's right, Thompson. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. 
this is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility.